Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Fred Von Ox from Bearded Villains. Listen to the Punk Corner every Thursday at 5 o'clock. Hey fellow fit nerds, this is Monica Ellis with Superheroes Nutrition. So I'm here today to let you know in terms of maybe getting in shape, you love superheroes, you need a change in your life, I really want you guys to check us out. We have an Instagram, it's Superheroes Nutrition. I'm Wonder Woman on there um, and I'm here to set the example for individuals who need a change in their life. Everybody needs some motivation. Everybody needs some inspiration. Check out our page. We have superhero workouts. We're going to be launching um, a brand new fit kit pretty soon. And we have a YouTube channel. So please check that out. Um, my email is monica at superheroesnutrition.com. So like I said, if you're looking for a change, you want to get fit, and you need some extra push in the right direction, then this is the cert- uh, certainly the place to get started. Thanks so much. Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. This is Connor Justice of the Inland Empire 66ers, and you're listening to the All Angels Podcast. Hey, what is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags along with Daniel Garcia. And this is another edition of the All Angels Podcast for the week of September 14, 2017. Live from Halo Haven headquarters here in Riverside, California. Uh, big hello to you people on YouTube. This is a baseball, by the way. It is a baseball. Um, but uh, we're back again for another edition of the podcast. So um, we've got a lot to get into. We had a lot of viewer uh 
not viewers, well, yeah, viewers, I guess if you guys are watching this on YouTube, we had a lot of listener emails, a good handful of them, and uh, we're going to go over the weekend review, we're going to go over, uh, obviously, some things that happened in the last few days, and um, we had a, another poll question, so we'll get into that as well, so let's jump into the weekend review. Uh, Dan, do you have the numbers on the win-loss record yeah, of the Angels? Yeah, um, short week, just because they had two off days, they're off last Thursday when we record the podcast, and then Monday again. So you're only really looking at uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's they dropped three of four, or th no, two, two or three, three from Seattle, and then they split so far with uh, the Houston Astros uh, yesterday and today, or yesterday and uh, Tuesday. Yeah. So you're looking at like a two to two and four, or two and three. Mm, and that's not gonna get it done, guys. Uh... Usually when we record a podcast, it's on a Thursday, and they've played, what, six games, more or less? Yeah. With the seventh game being played that when we do the podcast, like they're doing right now. And in all honesty, the Angels need to be in six games, maybe four and two, even five and one. Right. Because you know why, guys? You know why? Because Minnesota does not flip and lose a game. Right. And you got to play at Minnesota's level or even better to catch them or even pass yeah. them. So I hate to say that it was a horrible week, but there were some bright spots. Right. Um uh, we want to get into it right away. I mean, what's what the, the bright spot for you? Um, I mean, Probably we can go some of the starting pitching. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess starting off with the the first Houston game on a Tuesday when it was Verlander versus, versus uh, what was it, Richards. Richards. You know, Richards got up to five innings, which you want to see him get extended a little bit, which was great. Five, five innings, one run, you know, um, four strikeouts, but I think more importantly, no walks. Right. Um, it's just it was a one-zero game for for everyone that didn't see it. So it was kind of disappointing to where we were talking about it, and I texted you. I think that was probably one of the better pitched games overall mm -hmm. by the Angels. You know, this whole season going from pitching to the bullpen. Um, but you know, you ran into a bus all Verlander, and you they showed why they picked them up for, and what they gave up for him was like three of their top ten prospects, and they showed why they wanted him so bad. He was able just to mow down the the Angels left and right, right. but you know Richards cool. taken away from just Richards' aspect. Um, again, getting stretched out the five innings, I only gave it one run. You love seeing that coming on, you know, only off his uh, second, second start. start, especially against a team like Houston too. Right, exactly. To have big bats, so mm -hmm. that was a plus. And then you follow up with the next day with with Skaggs last night, oh. uh, Wednesday night, seven yeah. innings, three hits, no runs, five strikeouts, and one walk. So, again, um, the starting pitching did really well in that game. The offense woke up yeah. and were able to give him some kind of support, which was great. So, um, you know, between Richards and, and Skaggs, if those guys can continue to build, that would be a great one-two punch the Angels to use for the, um, down, for the stretch run. So, you know, um, again, Richards, maybe next week he, or next start, he'll get stretched out to, you know, six, seven innings maybe. Right. Seeing how it goes. Um, but, yeah, so I think... For the bright spot in that little time period between you know last podcast and now, I'd say those two guys are definitely the um, the bright spots. Yeah, I'm gonna agree 100. I mean, with the, the offense kind of slowed down in a few games. Um, obviously, I mean, with the guy like Verlander, when he's dealing like that, there's nothing you can do. Right. Um, but there was a few games where the Angels just the offense didn't come through in situations that they should have. So the obvious bright spots for me are is the pitching rotation, Skaggs and and Richards really showed up. And I'm going to just go ahead and read this question that was emailed to us on our our uh, podcast uh, email, which is allangelspodcast at gmail.com. And I'm going to read it because it has to do with what we're talking about. This is from Duncan Healy. Duncan says, good afternoon. I'm positive uh, you get this question often, so I'll try to change it up a bit. The rotation, the way it is now, can, it, can that be a solid rotation moving forward or has a ship sailed on guys like Richards and Skaggs? Are those two pretty much at their peaks? Now, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say if they're at their peaks because guys like Richards and Skanks have been injured so often that it's like we haven't seen what they're capable of doing. But if the last two nights are any indication of what they can do and do it, and if they do that uh, consistently, then the Angels rotation is set not just from now, but in the few years, you know, next two, three years down the line. I don't think the ship has sailed yet. I have said before that I'm not going to hold my breath on Richards because it just seems like every time I'm like, cool, cool. We got him, we got him, something happens. So it's almost like, what's what's that saying when you aim low and, and sh what is that? Set, set your uh, standards low. Yeah, or, uh, just... I, you know what I'm talking about. That's where I'm at with Richards where it's like, 
I'll expect take, the worst, but or plan for the worst, but expect the best. Yeah, like yeah. That. If a if a, just what he did the other night, he pitched great. One one run to the Houston Astros, um, and the way that run scored too. Let's talk. It, it was a hit up the middle. Guy advanced to second. Next guy, what got a hit or something? Yeah, like it was. That. It was. It was literally no sacrifice fly or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was about like two or three base hits. You know, wrap the middle, um, back to back to back with two outs. With I think. two outs, yeah. So it wasn't or whatever it was. Um, well, Tuve laid down a perfect bunt to get right. down the base. Yeah. And then the next two, uh, next one went up the middle, and then the one after that, I believe, went up the middle, and that's when Altuve came around and scored. Yeah. So you know, it wasn't like he was giving up hard hit balls. He wasn't giving up home runs. He wasn't giving up. You know, doubles in the gap right. or anything like that. Um, it was something that where it just you know, if it goes up the middle, if it's able to go up the box on you, then you know you kind of tip your hat and say, "All right, you got right through the middle." It wasn't again. He has such good stuff that it's hard for these guys to get solid contact on his, you know, on the slider, on his fastball when it's moving. Right. So you know, stuff like that happens where you know you're they're going to find a gap. It's right. just a matter of time. But you just kind of hope in that case where he does have such a great outing that your offense is able to produce, you know, maybe more two, than one yeah, run, two, three, two or three runs. Right. But, you know, but just from the pitching aspect, if you don't look at the, the offense or anything like that, it was definitely a, a bright spot in the week. It was. So I'm going to read another question because this all pertains to what we're talking about. I, I don't want to go back to it. Um, it's from Edward Vizcaino. And he say, what's up, guys? Uh, found, a new po- found, a, found a podcast about my angels. Yeah, I'm on board. He said, so obviously it's a sample size, but how impressed were you guys to see Richard's performance the other night? To me, he looked great, looked loose, relaxed, fastball was moving, slider was nasty. How long before we see him get pushed around 80 to 90 pitches? Skaggs last night looked impressive, especially against a high-powered offense like Houston. Same question, how long before we see him hit the 100 pitch mark? What do you think, Daniel? Again, with with Richards, hopefully they push him a little bit further to his next start. Um... They haven't come out and said what the cap or what the innings or the pitch count's gonna be for the, for Richard's next start. I'm guessing they'll announce something probably within a couple of days before his before his next one. But I, I would like to see, you know, like same thing we're saying like it would be great to see him go six seven innings um, next week. Depending you know if he's giving up runs left and right, then yeah you probably want to yank him a little bit quicker. But if he's pitching the well as well as he did this last outing, yeah, I could, I, we would love to see him go seven innings, eight uh, mm. six innings. Skaggs, uh, last night, seven innings. I mean, for starting pitching, if you can get seven innings, yeah, you would love to get a shutout. But um, the score, the way it was, there's no reason to put him out there when you don't need to. I mean, I understand if it was like a 3-0 to zero game, 2-0 game, where it's still, you know, a, a base hit and a home run can change the whole dynamic of the game. But mm-hmm. it, you didn't have that. So yeah, seven innings, I think, again, if you were to ask anybody – Will you guess? Will you, I'll give you seven innings guaranteed Sign right now. Yeah, you'll take it no matter what. So I don't think that the distance between Skaggs and the hundred pitch count, like I don't, pitch counts are great, but you know you kind of want to see them if they're efficient and they get through seven innings. There's no reason to stretch them out right now, especially with the bullpen playing as well as they did. Um, you know, you have some of the guys um, that have been brought up for the September call up that can, for that exact so they can eat up those last couple innings yeah. when you don't have to worry about it being close. So again. Um, could he have gone longer? Yeah, I'm sure if he wanted to go longer, he could have. But the fact of the matter is, he didn't need him to. So, you know, um, but the Skaggs thing was great. Richards, you know, hopefully you've seen it improve. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I like you said, um, it, it's just a matter of the situation. Like you said, dude, if it's a two nothing game, and we need him out there, and he's he Skaggs is pitching the way he pitched last night, then you keep him in the game. Right. And I'm gonna go to the next email question. It's like we're gonna read them off. Like it's all the same kind of question. So, uh, this is from Rob Lastings. He said, "Thanks for reading my uh, mail last week." Okay, so here goes. I'm seeing a lot of negativity towards Mike Social, questioning every move. Like for instance, removing Skaggs from the game last night. I feel like it was a good move. Why waste Skaggs bullets, right? What's your guys' take? Obviously, Dan just talked about it. My take on it is, yeah, there's no reason to keep Skaggs in the game. Nine nothing. The the Astros had taken out Jose Altuve already. Right. I mean, we have like a mass change where you, you see the other team kind of okay throw up the white flag right. and it's like you know we'll play for 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 tomorrow night. And there's no reason to keep your guy out there. And you know something could happen. A ball up the middle, clips his knee or you know anything, anything like that anything. could happen. Yeah. He. Cranks down on a slider and he hurts his elbow because right. it's the freaking eighth inning and there's no reason for him to right. be out there. Right, it's just no... Um, yeah, if the game was a closer game, then I understand, you know, letting him stay out there and, and, and get you another inning. You I, know? Yeah, and then going back to, like, he brought the whole social thing, people giving social stuff, but 
I think that's just been a thing overall for the past, you know, five, six years about the whole Sosha. Is his time gone? Is Should they move on? Again, the same thing with, I tell everybody is look what he's dealing with right now. Yeah. He, he, it's a makeshift um, pitching staff for the most of the year. He, they're finally getting their guys back, finally being able to put a rotation where they probably thought at the beginning of the year this is what was going to happen with Richards, Haney, Skaggs. Um, you know, they probably didn't expect a, a Bridwell to be up there, but hey, you know, that's yeah. that's a plus. So with the whole social thing, people just like to look at the wins and losses, and I understand that, but sometimes you have to go a little bit deeper and see why they win, why they lose, what's going on around the situation, not just, oh, they lost, okay, let's fire the guy. Well, and, and I'll, I'll touch on that with, I understand a lot of the frustration, a lot of the moves that he makes, you know, sometimes they backfire and you're like, why did he do that? Okay. Yeah, we're fans. That's what we're supposed to do. But, and I'll go back to it, and I've said it a bunch of times on social media networks. I've said it on the podcast before. Um, who are we going to get that's better right now? Unless we buy out the contract of Joe Madden, unless we buy out the contract of um, Terry Francona, there's nobody better than Mike Sosa that can take this team to, where, to what they're doing right now. Name me a guy that the Angels can get right now if we fire Mike Sosa that'll do a better job. That's within the realm of us getting like who can we get that's going to be better and i know there's a lot of social haters that'll be that'll say anybody but that's not the case guys i mean if we would have had you know a guy like darren erstad like a, a rookie manager like a lot of people i've, I've heard names like darren erstad tim salmon you know these are rookie guys that probably would not be able to handle the situation that was thrown in front of my social at the beginning of the season you know losing all the guys that we lost you know losing mike trial for a month right but puzzling together <laughs> players on the team giving a guy like Bridwell a chance, and you got to give Epler a lot of credit oh, for yeah. these guys. Bridwell was a guy that Epler went and got off waivers. Um, J.C. Ramirez, well, no, J.C. was already on here, but I'm talking like, uh, what's the guy, David Hernandez, we, we picked him up. He ended up getting traded, but he was a valuable part Blake of the Parker. rotation. Blake Parker. Petit. Um, Petit, going out and getting um, Cameron Maben, who filled in great for the Angels for that brief time when, when Mike Trout was hurt. But then he also went out and made a trade for Justin Upton, picking up a guy like Brandon Phillips. A lot has to be a lot of praise on my end to not just my social but Billy Epler. And for some reason, these guys keep getting hate online. I understand. I mean, each fan has their own set of, you know, their thought process. And that's okay, too. But we can't always just look at the negative. You got to look at where we're at right now. And if we didn't have those guys that we have on our team right now and the management behind that team, we wouldn't be where we're at. Yeah, I mean, kind of like the last thing I'm going to say about the social for tonight is you look at his... Angel career as a manager, you know, this is his 18th year. That's you know, insane. Depending on how this season goes, you would think you would hope the Angels would finish above 500. So, um, saying that they do, out of 18 years, he's only finished at 500 or below five of those 18 years. That's and that's you know, and and with the insane. with the winning percentage right now for Sosha at uh, 540, you know, you'll take that. You that gives you a chance. You're always kind of in the mix. Yeah, you might have a uh, 74 and 88 season like they did last year, but for every things like for every one season of that, you're going to get a 85 win, an 89 win, an 86 win, a 98 win uh, season. So to want to ship them out just because of you know a small sample size of three or four games that people don't agree with his moves for the bullpen or leaving the pitching in there too long or whatever, you know to me it seems just kind of foolish and jumping the gun. It it is, and like I said, fans. We invest our time, our heart, our money into a team. We have every right to be upset, to be happy. Each person is different. Each person is their own fan. You know, I'm not the guy that's at the stadium going, let's go Angels, starting to chant. I'm not a rah-rah guy. I sit there and I watch a game and I cheer when they score a run. But I'm also the same guy that's going to be really pissed when they don't lay down a bunt to sacrifice a guy right. over. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be there. I'm not a quote-unquote like... Uh, I'm not gonna say it. Never mind. I'm not gonna say it. But I'm not that guy. I'm not that fan that just sees rainbows and sunshine right. all the time either. And same so. thing, kind of going back to personnel. If you don't have the personnel to lay down a bunt and sacrifice to do it over, then you can't do it. Yeah. So, so you know, it is what it is. So another, I, I would I would say this is kind of big news. Um, I think I might have tagged you guys on it, Chris and Daniel. Um, J.C. Ramirez, slight tear. He, may require I don't I think he did the stem cell thing he did the same thing. thing that I think that Richards did hopefully that worked that's pretty bad uh, it sucks uh, the guy led the team in wins I think he still does yeah um, 
was, you know, I think a, he's never pitched more than what he's pitched this season. Mm-hmm. I don't have numbers in front of me, but J.C. Ramirez is done for the year, and it seems like Andrew Heaney might be done too for the year, right? You, I haven't heard anything about Andrew Heaney. They're kind of playing that one close to the vest. Right. But, um, yeah, so J.C., you hate to see the guy. Uh, you know, but the good thing is he is only 29 years old. So, worst case scenario, yeah, he misses his 30-year-old age season with the, with the Tommy John surgery, but that still gives him enough time to get back. And if if he wants to be a starter, if they need him as a starter, they can still work him in that starter role. If by then they have the kind of setup they think they're going to have with uh, with Haney, Skaggs, Tropiano coming back, Shoemaker coming back next year, then he'll be a great guy to have in the bullpen. Um, but, you know, it, it's unfortunate to hear. Um, also, Myers was shut down. I yeah, believe he's going to miss at the 18th season also. Tommy John? Uh, yeah. No, Labrum. Mm. Shoulder. Okay. So, um, again, with, with pitchers, you never know how they're going to bounce back or something like that. But uh, with the Angels, you kind of hope you get those pieces back next year and they're able, you know, to, you know, knock on wood, stay healthy. So, um, see how it goes. See how if they're able to bring someone up or get someone uh, a number four or five starter in free agency because I think with your scene with Richards right now and, and, and Skaggs a little bit, they can be maybe a one-two guy. Haney can be a three. You can have competition for with Shoemaker and, and Bridwell for like the four and five spot. Right. Um, so, I mean, they have options if everyone stays healthy and, and going into spring training next year. So, you know, it's unfortunate to see, but it's good to know, too, they have kind of guys they, they waiting. Got, yeah. They got, they got, I mean, Tropiano's coming back. Um, that, that's season. one guy that... That's still up in the air about Yeah, yeah. it's just like, let's see what, I mean, we saw glimpses of how good he could be. But he's been hurt, and we haven't been able to see what he can do. So that's another guy that we have as a backup, as a, okay, this guy can fill in. This guy might be starting the rotation. Um, I think Nolasco is still maybe, might be under contract right. next year. So that's another guy that's going to compete for the fifth spot in the right. rotation. I mean, you look at, you know. I think people have their mindset about Nolasco as far as like, oh, well, he opened up the season, so he has to be our ace. And look what he's done as an ace. I'm like... Mm. He was never supposed to be the ace. He was just a guy that was healthy coming out of spring training pretty much. Right, right. So it was kind of, who do we start? Do we start in Alaska or do we start some guy that we never heard of? So let's just put him out there. Right. Because, you know, there's only one opening, only one opening day start. And it doesn't really matter who does it. Cause right. Because people are all going to go through the starts and stuff like that. But, you know, in Alaska, if he's your fifth starter, you know, you might take it. And just, you know, he's yeah. a fifth starter. It happens. Yeah, people need to get off that he's an ace thing because, I mean... The only reason he didn't he started that game was because Richards had gone over his pitch, his innings pitched in spring training, and look what ended up happening anyway to Gary Richards. You know, uh, he's not the ace of the staff. Um, yeah, he's given up a lot of home runs this season, and I understand that. Um, there's been games where he actually came through really well. So, right. but there's that's a lot of inconsistency there. But that's why you use him as a fifth, a fifth star, guy. A fifth yeah, star, exactly. a, a fifth guy can give you ten wins in a season. That's you'll great. take that. Oh, definitely. I'll yeah. take five. You know, ten wins from a fifth starter any day of the week. You know, right? Um, ten wins is that's double digit wins. Yeah. Um, and it's going back to uh, Andrew. Uh, he is supposed to throw a bullpen tomorrow um, at Angel Stadium. So, depending how he uh, reacts to that, they're hoping to get him to start again next week. Again, it's going to depend on how he feels after the bullpen session uh, Friday. So that's a, that's a wait and see. Because it's just, they're, they're saying it's just a shoulder uh, impediment. So right. whatever that, you know, the fancy words. little blip, lip blip yeah. on the road. Um, okay, so now talking about the offense a little bit, we talked enough about the pitching. A guy that's kind of been coming around is Brandon, Phil- or Brandon Phillips. Uh, I mean... Deja vu yesterday, he had a double down the line. I'm like, oh, hopefully he scores. But looks like he's been getting on base. I, I don't know. I have numbers. You're the numbers guy. But seems like yeah. he's been getting hit slightly. Yeah, I mean. In the last four games, three games, four games. Yeah, it's kind of up and down. He's only batting 260 right now okay. since since he joined the team. But that uh, Tuesday night game, that was his first extra base hit as an angel. Though. Right. So, I mean, hopefully that's kind of the momentum that pushes him over the top. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's. He's average. I mean, he's not doing great. He's, uh, like I said, 260 with a 275 on base percentage and only three RBIs. So, you know, he's pro- he's, he's producing. He's I think he's more of the the glove than, yeah. than the bat right now. Yeah, uh, you know, saving games with the glove. Upton's producing. Seems like he's been getting an RBI every game almost. Yes. 
Six um, RBIs in the last, and since again, since he joined the team, his first home run last night. Yeah, so it, that's the kind of production that we need from a guy like Upton. That's what we brought him in for. Bat behind uh, Mike, hit in front of Albert that scored some runs. Obviously, the last couple games until last night, we were kind of, I think they were set on the broadcast on TV, we were averaging about two runs per game. Uh, in the last, I think, four or five games. I don't know what it was. Sounds about right. Um, two runs per game isn't going to get it done. Um, I don't know. Uh, we have a tough schedule in front of us. We talked about it in the last podcast. Houston right now. Uh, Texas coming in. Texas, for whatever reason, gives us hell. And then we got Cleveland coming in, who, by the way, won their 23rd? 22nd. 22nd straight game tonight. That's insane. And then a team in Chicago that we should kind of handle, but those games kind of scare me as well. So the offense needs to pick it up, get rolling quickly right, right. now. Um, I don't know who your bright spot is as far as offensively in the last four or five games. I mean, or what we need to do offensively, I mean, we need to get on base and score runs, bottom line, take care of, of opportunities. Yeah, I mean, position. that's the biggest thing is, is getting on base and having opportunities. But going back to your the schedule, um, you're right. Okay, we got three with Texas, three with Cleveland, four with Chicago, three more with Houston. I believe that's at Houston, and then the last three, Seattle. Uh, Seattle, and then flip over to the twin schedule. Um, they're in a series right now with the Blue Jays. Then they're going. Then they're playing New York. Um, then they have set, not in a row, but I think they have like four with Detroit, and then three with Cleveland, and then the other three. So they have seven total games with Detroit left. And Detroit's not very good. They're, you know, obviously we got, we got Maven or not Maven. They we got uh, Upton, uh, Houston got Verlander, uh, Arizona got AJ, uh, JD Martinez. Martinez. So obviously they're selling people left and right. So again, so you look at the schedule, remaining schedule for both teams. So the last 16 games, combined winning percentage for the Angels is 5.23. You look at the Twins, combined winning percentage is 5.09. Mm. So again, that's going to leave. The Angels with some work to do with a tougher schedule down the road, you would hope you'd be able to sweep a bad team, Chicago. Because again, um, Texas is hovering right around that 500. They're one game below 500 right now. But besides Chicago, everyone they're playing is above 500. So right. Seattle, Houston, Cleveland, you know, Texas is around. Where Twins, um, Detroit, and, and the Blue Jays. So that's 10 games right there with of teams that are not above 500 or at 500 at all. So. Yeah. Again, you know, Angels have to have some work to do in, in, in that process that might be a little harder. And and more than just teams above 500, Seattle and Texas are rivalry games. These, these guys play us hard all the time. Mm -hmm. They want to flip and beat us. It seems like we play extra inning games with these guys all the time. Even when we played Oakland, it was like, oh, my God, like we're playing Oakland. What the hell is happening right now? But these teams play us rough. You saw the series we played last against Texas was like two extra inning games. Might have been even three. And all like one run games where we Angels had to come back and win. And I mean, gosh, my heart couldn't take it anymore. And we got to pay him again. So now down the line, you know, down the stretch here, this schedule is not easy for the Angels at all by far. Chicago, like I was talking about, those games that we play against teams like Chicago, where we should win, seem to scare me a bit because maybe they go in there thinking, ah, oh, we got this, we got this, and they end up playing bad. Right. And those are those are teams you need to take care of business with. Um. Yeah, I. And, but in all honesty, that that we need, like you said, we need to sweep Chicago, take the series three games, because, like I said before, Minnesota is not freaking losing, and that's the biggest problem the Angels have. It, they just don't freaking. Every time I see that they won, they won, right. they won, and then the Padres didn't help us out at all. Sixteen right. to nothing, and they walked them. off. So it's just like, all right, well, you know, what do we get? Nothing the Angels can do there. You, you got to win your games. You said it before. Take care of business, you know. I aside aside from that, I don't even know what else to say about that. You yeah, know? I mean, it, it, it's 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 going to be a again right now as we talk, the Angels are still two games out of the wild card. So theoretically, they're going to have to put together some kind of streak. I mean, if they can repeat what they did at in around the beginning of August, where they put like five or six together. They're yeah, gonna, gonna need. To they're 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 gonna have to do something like that to to really project themselves into that second uh, second playoff spot yeah. or wild card spot. So, yeah. 
You know, it's not impossible, but if you were to ask me to bet my rent money on it, I'm probably not going to take that bet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's possible. I think I saw something on Twitter where they're projected like percentage of making the playoffs was at down to 19 percent and then mm. last last week when we talked 32 percent yeah it was around 32 so time's running out you know um you only have so many games left in the season and now it has that kind of playoffs feel where you're gonna have to start winning these games start winning these series you know three a uh, two out of three or, or three out of four every all the way out because you know you lose you're gonna lose a spot in the in the, in the standings and there's not enough games to make it up in the back end yeah, that's it. Just sucks that we don't we don't get a chance to play Minnesota at the, you know in these next few games because at least then you pick up two games. You know, you, right? It's just like flip, let's go. Yeah. You know, um, but you're looking at the scoreboard scoreboard watching right now, and I'm sure the Angels are too. They're like oh, Minnesota won and, again, and and part of it too is that when they did play Minnesota, they didn't take care of what they needed to take care of because out of uh, seven total games against Minnesota, you know, throughout the year, they've only they only won two of those. Mm. So, you know, when you look back at it, if you get a split or even win a series, you might be tied or up on them right now. So, yeah. you know, you don't you look at those mid, you know, early June, mid July kind of series and you kind of like, oh, whatever. But sometimes those come back and bite you. Yeah. I mean, Every loss now, you're looking back at it, you're like, oh, we should have won that game. Oh, we should have won that game. You could go look back at early bullpen woes. Yeah. Um, but... We'll save that for the end of the season because right now, obviously, we're still in it. Two games back. Um, not sure if Minnesota played today or Yeah, they one. played today. They played uh, the Blue Jays, yeah. Did they win? Uh, don't know as of right now, but wouldn't, I'm, put, it, I'm like, wouldn't that, put it past them. But. 80% chance that they probably did win. So, Angels right now, as, as we're recording, are down 2-1. to one. Um, They 2-2, two, two, bottom 10th for the Twins. Oh, I'm sure they'll pull, pull it out. Damn twins. All right, so moving on now, um, let's get into the uh, the poll question of the week, Daniel. Yeah, kind of going back to what we were talking about a little while ago was, um, you know, it's been a couple weeks now since the trade um, for the Phillips Upton trade, and I just, you know, Phillips is, or not Phillips, Upton's kind of had his issues in the outfield. Um, watching the game, I believe it was on Sunday, day game, or a pop, easy pop fly, you know, I don't know. He said later on that he heard voices or whatever and fell. So maybe think, you know, looking back at it, how would people feel about the trade now? You know, so it was easy. Do you love it, hate it, or too early to tell? So 71% of people loved it, still love it. You know, 29% of people say, you know, it's still too early to tell. And no one hated it, which I agree. There's no reason to hate it at this point. But I lean more towards it's too early to tell whether or not this is going to work out for the, for the Angels or, or what. Because for everything that, again, Upton's, you know, batting 268 with a home run and six RBIs, you know, he's not a threat on the base pads, which at certain points you would like to have that threat, kind of where, what, how Maven was. Um, not sure Maven would have been doing as good on base-wise. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a little give and take with everything. Uh, I think Phillips is definitely an upgrade at second base. I just, you know... I don't think the May, the Upton and um, Maven splits would be that much different right now if they held on. I lean towards the love it only because I felt like the Angels did not, did not give much, did not give up much to get these guys for one, and secondly, um, just the presence that Upton brings in the lineup, like just his bat, just him being in the lineup alone makes the Angels lineup a viable threat. Like oh. It makes pitchers think, oh, crap, I got to face something. Um, they didn't have that with Maven. Now, I loved it, too, also because you pick up whatever's left on Phillips' contract. He's, he's done. Um, he's gone. Year. Upton, he might be gone. Yeah, that's going to be up to Maven, him on Maven would have been gone at the end of the year, too. The Angels would have had to have re-signed him. So it's just, it, it, it was a just win-win on my end. Like They upgraded instantly just going by numbers alone. And they went out and, and got a bat in, in Justin Upton that is a, a threat in the lineup. And if he stays and, and wants to stay in his opt-in, obviously the Angels wanted him. And I'll take 30 home runs a year and 100 RBIs in our, in our lineup, 280 batter in our lineup any day of the week. So to me, that's a win-win for me. I loved it. Um, 
the too early to tell, I, I get that point of it too because they've only had, what, two weeks maybe of us them yeah. playing with us. So I get that too. No reason to hate it. Um, what was the percentage again? Uh, 71% loved it, 29% uh, too, too early to, to tell. tell. Chris, where were you on the, on the matter? Uh, I loved it, actually. See? I love that, uh, who, his uh, Twitter handle, Dat Dude. I like Dat Dude. I like what he brings to the team. I like his energy. There's something you can't put a number on when it comes to that. Okay. Um, so I think that team needs more personality. You have Albert Pujols. It's kind of boring. <laughs> you got, you know, Cole Calhoun, Simmons, you know, Valbuena. They have a little energy, but I think we need something in once we lost Maven. Luis is uh, is a bit of a character. Let's talk about what happened yes. last night. Yes. <laughs> now everybody knows Luis Valbuena, bat flips for everything. That's Cowboy. just who he is. Bat flip. Bat flip. Bat flip right. Top fly. Bat flip. Joey bats. Luis Valbuena. They should freaking start some kind of like little group. But anyway, last night he hits a home run, smashed it. By the way, I mean that was the hardest ball hit I've heard. Like man, it, just the sound off the bat was beautiful. And he did this epic bat flip. Now, Mike Fierce, Fires? Fierce, I think. Fierce, so whatever his name is. Took exception to it, stared him down as he rounded the bases. Next at bat, very first pitch ball, just sails right above his head. Um, got a warning, next pitch. Luis hit it just as hard. Uh, I tweeted, I don't know if you guys uh, read my tweet. that I tweeted, uh, uh, let me get to it real quick because I thought it was pretty, I thought, I found it pretty clever. I'm not trying laughing at my own jokes but i put i put something like mike fierce here it is where it is um fierce throws behind valbuena to prove a point yeah point proven he hit it just as hard the second time right you know and then uh and then you texted me today or texted us today and said five game suspension for mike fierce yeah now, a little bit harsh i yeah five games is a lot um, he's a starter, so he's only gonna miss one. He's not even a starter, though. He's oh, a, really? He's a he's a spot starter. But like I, I was talking to Chris earlier, um, you know, yeah, the game you can see it as a game, like oh, you know, um, it's only one star, it doesn't mean much, or it's not even a star for him because he's a spot starter. But at the same time, he's still missing five checks, five game checks. You know hmm. what I mean? So I mean, if if you're gonna suspend a guy, and this is. Was it too hard? Was it not too hard? I, I don't know. I just don't think Major League Baseball is consistent about it because you'll see guys actually get hit with the ball right. and they'll get like two games. Right. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, granted, he threw it over Valbuena's head, but it was like six feet over Valbuena's head. It was, you know, I'm. you know supporting it or, or or saying no i didn't mean to do it like it shouldn't matter your your actions are your actions so i don't get why people are saying well if he was came out and said it slipped it got away from me blah 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 and even though everyone would have known as bs he would have got less games i'm like it still doesn't change the the actions that he did so that's my kind of thing about it. like i don't like the whole beanball bullshit whatever you know i think that's old and outdated but you know i, I just what do you think about the bat flipping? Like taking exception. Oh, I don't care about. I don't. I, you don't want to get bat flipped on. Don't give a home run. <laughs> that's what I mean. Nick that's a, that's that's how my thing is. Is yeah, that don't give up a I, home run. I think, and you kind of saw it more toward this year, especially this year with the WBC before the season. You saw a lot of those Latin countries, the Venezuelans, the Puerto Ricans, the um, Dominicans. They have that kind of flair. They have that kind of uh, kind of what Chris was going back to. The personalities, and I think honestly, with baseball and the reasons why they're kind of scuffling with the younger demographic, is is because there's not a big personality out there. Yeah. Everyone agrees inside baseball, Trout's the best player, um, but he doesn't have personality outwardly to draw people in. Right. If you're a baseball fan already, yeah, you're gonna pay attention to him. But if you're that casual fan that maybe watches two or three games per per year, there's nothing about Mike Trout that's gonna pull you in. Because of his personality, right. So I think with these little bat flips and able to enjoy the game a little bit more, 
you know, maybe that helps baseball draw in a younger crowd. And Luis's bat flips are epic. And like yeah. we talked about it, he bat flips for a single up the middle right. or a dribbler down the line. It's bat flip. You know, it's just Luis's personality. Uh, you would think Mike would, Fierce would, would know. Right. Hey, man, it's, yeah. Come on, dude. Like, you know. Uh, but the, what a great way to just pay him back by just smashing And the that's the biggest ball. thing, too, is, is, you know, there's no reason. I don't like throwing the beanball because I, I do think when you do hit a dude, that's kind of is going after him. You know, if that ball, if you try to hit him in the back and it slips and nails him in the jaw, now you're risking the guy's livelihood. You know, that's why I don't like the whole beanball going back at him. If you have a problem with his back flip, you know, don't give it up. Yeah. Don't give it up. And if Make a good pitch. Yeah, if you're still mad about it, the next time he comes out, strike him out. Yeah. And then when you strike him out, if you want to say a little something, um, then say a little something. I don't I don't have a problem with that. Maybe that will turn a, a, a okay rivalry into a, a great yeah. rivalry. You know? I like that flair, that, that passion little. You yeah, know. and you see that with um, with Middleton, especially during that Dodgers series. He struck out, um, I don't remember if it was Seager or Bellinger, but he struck out one of those guys and he was pumped and they didn't like it. Well, guess what? Put some, put some wood on the ball and, and get a base hit. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about it. So yeah. I think... Baseball players, just in general, if you look at all the major sports, are kind of the most sensitive when it comes to like, oh, the you showed me the unwritten rules of yeah, the game. Yeah, I think that's kind of old and outdated. I love that stuff. Oh, <laughs> I would throw at people all day long. No, you don't want Chris to be the the umpire in your in your game. We were throwing at people in Pony League when mm. kids were like thirteen <laughs> to fourteen, getting that signal. So I love that stuff. Uh, we have a few things coming in on the Instagram live feed. Uh, people are flipping out over Johnny Mag's Palm Springs Angels hat. That's something that we're getting. Uh, Andrew R. Austin, 22, says, is that a Palm Springs Angels hat? He hasn't seen one probably since 1992. And where did you score that? Can you answer that real quick? Yeah, at uh, Hat World and uh, Victoria Gardens in Rancho Cucamonga. I walked in there and immediately saw the L.A. Angels hat. The, the one that looks exactly like the Dodgers hat, but with the red A. Yeah, the PCL. Yeah, it's a red A. looks just like the Dodger hat, blue hat. And I went, I need this. I don't care. $36. I'm buying it. Right underneath it, I saw this bad boy. And I went, nope, I need this one. So I bought this one first, Hat World at Victoria Gardens. And then I ended up going back a week later when I got some more money and bought the PCL Angels hat. So I've always had a lot of good compliments on this hat. It's a rare hat, I guess. Um, for those people who are old enough, like me and Chris, we remember the Palm Springs Angels and uh, old spring training home of the Angels, too. And just another comment, no, uh, nothing more than uh, you got a compliment here. Uh, Scott Sickles. <laughs> Scott saying, Sickles. Scott Sickles says, oh, okay. love that beard. Oh, love thank you. Love that beard. <laughs> and yeah, I think he saw you in Rancho sometime. Really? So thank you, Scott, for that positive compliment. We'll take compliments like oh, that. Oh, yeah, today. I'll take them all day. Uh, you might need to get some of that uh, that beard oil that we Groom Goon, the, beginning. the commercial, you heard it. You go to GroomGoon.com, and at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON. You get 15% off your purchase and free shipping within the United States. So how about that? All right, well, I, we got some fan mail. Here's some fan mail from, uh, he sent us an email last week. And his name is, um, I think his name is Mike Vigil. It's mvix218. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, reading my email from last week. Considering dropping the series in Seattle, we're still right in the mix. So I've been a longtime fan. And the reason I became an Angels fan was because my dad took me to my first MLB game at, at Yankee Stadium. Okay. And they played the Angels. And one guy smashed two home runs in the game. And that guy was Jack Howell. I know that name does not stick out to too, much, too many Halo fans, but my question to you guys is, who is your one guy? Now, we are here at Halo Haven, the Curator's Museum of Angel Memorabilia. Curator wanted to share this with you, Mike. Uh, Jack Howell gave this to, uh, to Chris, Chris's first autograph. You see here, God bless Jack Howell right there. And I'll show it to the people on YouTube. Jack Howell autograph right there. I remember Jack Howell being just this really, just a strong dude. Um, so I remember Jack Howell myself. My one guy, my first 
favorite baseball player ever was Reggie Jackson when I was a little kid, probably four or five years old. My dad's favorite player was Reggie Jackson. My dad's a Yankee fan. And as soon as Reggie signed with the Angels, he was going to Angels games more than they already were because my mom's an Angels fan. So my dad became more of an Angels fan when Reggie came over. And so my first favorite baseball player was Reggie Jackson. But my one guy has to be Tim Salmon. That's the first guy that I watched his first major league game, saw his whole career play out, and I watched his final major league game. Tim Salmon is my one guy, Mr. Angel, Mr. 299 career home runs. Um, holds almost every Angels offensive record that you could think of, most of them. Um, just a, a great guy. Every time I met him, he was more than happy to sign whatever I had for him, stop and take a picture with me. Um, I wore number 15 from the minute I was 12 years old when he made his major league debut till I played you know, my last game in college. I wore 15 for everything. So Tim Salmon is my one guy. Daniel? Yeah, that I saw that email come across too and then it, it, it had me start thinking. Um, you know, younger, I was a baseball fan in general. I wasn't really a Angel fan, Dodger fan, Padre, whatever. Like I was more just, it's on, I'm watching it kind of deal. But if you're gonna go what player that I I love watching as a kid? I would have to go. I know he's not an angel, but uh, Griffey was definitely when he was playing or when he had that home mm -hmm. run derby in Boston. And to me, it was like the fact that you had all these guys come up and they're hitting, and you know, then he comes up, turns the bat, the hat backwards, and yeah. just the the way he swung the bat, how smooth he was. I was like, this guy's awesome. Like, he's like Trout is now. Like, right, exactly. Like. Yeah. For me, it wasn't necessarily, oh, I have to pick an angel. Like, I, my, my, my biggest memory was like, oh, that dude is awesome. I remember, you know, back when they had baseball cards, you know, you would open a pack, you get, oh, okay, this guy, that guy. I remember one time I got a Griffey card, and I was just like, I pretty much just tossed all, all the rest of it away. And I was like, yeah, look at this, this and that. I'm like, that was like, you know, as a kid, that was my biggest kind of like, yeah, my biggest, uh, at the time, my biggest uh, memento that I had was, right. was, was the, a Griffey baseball card. But if you want to go back to like the Angels, I remember as a kid, I didn't go to a lot of games as a kid, but there was one game we went to. Um, we went to the game. It was my mom, my brother, and I. And we went and watched the game, and then we stayed after and tried to get an autograph as the players were going to their parking lot. You know, at the time, I didn't, I wasn't old enough to recognize faces and stuff like that. I just knew, oh, there's a player. And then when right. they come out, you know, oh, that's player, that's number whatever, that's number whatever. And so when you come out and they're wearing regular street clothes, I'm like, well, I don't know who, I don't that, know who is. that is. Yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, my mom, again, with two younger kids, with two young kids, calls a guy over. He comes over, you know, and he, she's trying to get him, just anyone to sign the front of the, front of the program. Well, this guy, she gives him the program. He flips open. I guess he had a picture of him in there, signed it, and, you know, said thank you, and walked away. Well, as I got older, I looked at him, I found it, I'm like, and that ended up being Troy Percival. Oh, nice. So, right. you know, as I got older and I realized, wow, that was Troy, that was so cool. And he stopped and he took his time and he signed for us. So. Ever since then, him being kind of, you know, a local boy was also yeah. really cool, too. So, you know, if it was an angel, I would definitely say the first guy I was like, wow, that's really cool was, was Troy Percival. Because at the time, like I said, I didn't know who he was. He just kind of stopped, opened the magazine up. There was a picture of him, like a full-length picture, signed it and gave that's it back awesome. to us. So, you know, for angels, I would say my first one was like, oh, that's cool, would be Troy Percival. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Chris, you want to chime in on this one? Dang, this is a hard question. I would have to first say my first uh, angel that I really liked was Brian Downing. Oh, yeah. The first time you interviewed me on the All Angels podcast before we uh, you know, teamed up here um, with, and had Daniel as a co-host, I talked about Dan, uh, Brian Downing. I ran on the Angels bus, and Brian Downing was there on the steps, and I, I got an autograph from Brian Downing. Um, when I was a kid, though, Tim Salmon, of course, I think he was, he's, he was the Mike Trout of the, you know, Angels. the California yeah. Angels at that time. So I always remember him. My favorite non-Angel, and the number I usually wear is, I hate to say this, is Chipper Jones. Chipper <sighs> Jones was always my Chipper. favorite player just right because he played third base. And I just like okay. the way he played it. He had his socks up and he played the game. Switch hitter, too, the right? The right way. Power switch so. hitter. Yeah. I big time Chipper Jones fan, even though it's a non angel, and I hate to admit that, but uh, well, uh, it is what it is. And I also like Jeff Devannon. Jeff Devannon. <laughs> I don't know why. I just like wow. the ball Well, the game. I, I have a lot of angel. I mean, you know me enough now, Chris, to know that I have this. My mind works weird. I, I remember like obscure angels, and 
I like guys. It's weird. It, all they took was maybe one play for me to like a guy. So I had like this fascination with like Rene Gonzalez. Like Gonzo? Yeah. Like who remembers Rene Gonzalez? Well, I do. Uh, another guy, uh, Luis Polonia, was like my favorite guy before Tim Salmon came up. You know, it was like there was a brief period of time where there was really nobody on the Angels team that was really a superstar, but Luis Polonia was probably the best player on the team. Yeah, Luis Polonia, Junior Felix at the top of your lineup. Von Hayes, you know. But um, worse than you, I think, my favorite non-Angel baseball player, and he's probably my favorite baseball player aside from any other Angel, is Derek Jeter. My dad's a huge Yankee fan guy. My dad's 75 years old, so he's an older man. There was no Major League Baseball when he was a kid out here. <laughs> so he would go to PCL Angels games. I have programs my, my dad gave me that I still have. Uh, but um, he, uh, he chose a team to listen to on the radio, and it was the Yankees. And when the Dodgers came over, he decided that he wasn't going to be a Dodger fan. He was a stick to the Yankees. So he's been a Yankee fan his whole life. So, you know, when obviously the Angels weren't in the playoffs in the mid-'90s, the Yankees sure were. And I was a fan. So Derek Jeter is my favorite baseball player aside from. I remember too, like when I was a kid and we did, and we played, um, you know, Little League. Whatever team I was that year, you. I was like, yeah, all right. So like, I remember one year. I'm we, Cal Ripken. Yeah, yeah. One year we were the Marlins. I'm like, oh, I'm Gary Sheffield. Watch me, like with the whole, exactly. And, and as a kid, that's what kind of stood out to me. It was like, wow, look how, look how that batting stance or how that swing is different than everyone. So. You know, the Gary Sheffield stood out to me right away and how he was always had a pointing pretty much back at the pitcher. Yeah. So, you know, as a kid, it was like, oh, okay, one year I'm on the Marlins. Oh, yeah, the Marlins. I'm, my favorite players, favorite team is the Marlins. Next year I'm on the Tigers. Okay, my favorite team now is the Tigers kind of deal. So I remember always like, loving baseball and then just kind of, you know, yeah. whatever whatever players in, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not till you know, when I got older and I was able to follow it better, um, you know, because it's harder back then because they didn't have the internet. You didn't know what the hell was going on. You would have to rely on this week in baseball. Newspapers, know? too. Yeah. This week in baseball. Uh, so, another email that I haven't read yet, and this is from Daniel Ortega. And a quick shout out first. We have a listener, and I read his email, his email earlier, and his name is Duncan Healy. Thank you, Duncan, for listening to us from all the way in Dead Horse, Alaska. Um, that's insane that, that there's somebody listening to us in Alaska. So, Duncan, thank you. This email here is from Daniel Ortega. He says, hi guys, great show. Was browsing my iTunes for podcasts and found you. A Angels podcast is right up my alley. So I also looked you guys up on YouTube. What's up if you're listening, looking at us on YouTube. And I love the studio. So is it a museum? Like man, museum-like man cave? I would love to see an actual tour of the place. Awesome place. Keep, Keep it up, guys. You have a listener in me. So, shout out to Daniel Ortega. I like to call this a museum. Uh, and I gave Chris the nickname the curator because he is a curator of this museum. There's a lot of cool stuff in here that uh, Chris has accumulated, man. And uh, there's if you're a fan of memorabilia and especially a fan of the Angels, there's probably something in here for you um, that you would probably be like, oh, this is amazing. His bobblehead collection is insane. The stadium seats that he has in the corner of the room, and maybe we'll do a, a podcast from that yeah. side of the room later, uh, is, is something I always wanted that I've never been able to pick up. Uh, he's got like six of them there. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff in yeah, here. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube or have been watching on YouTube, um, you know, go back to the, the, the ones from the last couple of weeks. You'll see the, the wallpaper, the Angel Stadium wallpaper from the last one. And if you're watching this one now, you'll see the... The lockers um, oh, with, the, I, with the jerseys. I don't wear this at one time, but it was too hot. And so, you know, today. maybe eventually we'll rotate over to where, like, like John was saying, to the stadium seat. So, you know, eventually I'm sure, especially going into the next season, um, we'll do enough uh, podcasts with the with YouTube as a simulcast that you'll be able to see the, the whole setup that way. But, yeah, definitely feels like a museum with the... Uh, a lot of the older bobbleheads, a lot of the older, you know, little figurines and, and giveaways, stuff like that. But, yeah. The stadium giveaways, to me, are, like, my favorite things because it reminds me of... Because there's a lot of stuff that Chris has here that I remember getting as a kid. And man. I can't find it now. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> oh, man, I had that. And 
It's crazy because Chris has a lot of stuff here. I have a lot of stuff as well, but this is totally too like he. It's crazy. Like, right? It's 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 awesome that that it's here and it's you know we're able to. I'm able to come here once a week and be like, oh, this is cool, you know. And so I appreciate Chris. Thank you for doing this, man. This is amazing. Oh, uh, and the the good news, guys, is as the temperatures start to lower, oh, it feels we might even right do a podcast. I'm thinking in the bus. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the bus is something that um, it's quite legendary. It's never been out on the actual road. It's never been to Angel Stadium, but it's on the side of side of the house. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Daniel remembers when we first got it and what it looked like. But we can do what we're gonna do a podcast oh, from a inside the bus. I got a text from Chris. And hopefully to do some podcasts actually out on location again, spring training, uh, 66ers all, game, all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, on the spot. So looking forward to a whole new season. Uh, this is just the beginning. Uh, looking forward to uh, All Angels podcast slash Halo Haven Wiffle Ball tournament. Oh heck this yeah! This is something that Daniel and I and also Brian Sherman. Uh, discussed about a season or two ago, but we're looking to have a charity wiffle ball tournament. Um, competitive. Uh, we talked about evoking memories yeah. of childhood. Uh, Daniel talked about you know being on the Marlins, thinking about Gary Sheffield. We're gonna we're gonna do some epic backflips out there. <laughs> oh. We're gonna go yard. We're gonna wear jerseys. We're gonna be big kids. We're gonna eat big league chew. Uh, we're just gonna have a fun time. So it'll be uh, that's something in the works. We'll let you know more about that. We'll have an ad maybe on one of uh, the upcoming All Angels podcasts. For sure, for sure. That's that's some oh, the wiffle ball tournament. Is that yeah, I'm gonna be imitating a bunch of old. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the the Wally Joiner. Yeah, we might have to get the batting stance guy. I, yeah, get, yeah, I really know, right? Yeah, we'll get him over here, man. We'll give him. Give I don't him know a how much he charges, but <laughs> can't be too much. Right, chip in a few bucks here and there. We'll get him over here. Do a couple of uh, uh, batting stances for us, but. Anyway, that I mean, other than that, Daniel, anything else you want to touch on real quick? No, just um, you know, we'll be here next Thursday, and that will be the end of the Cleveland series. So we'll see Ooh. how you know that's going to be a big one for the Angels to see. You know, if they get swept, then you know that can very easily put them out of it. So it's going to be interesting at this point next week just to see where the Angels are going to be um, position-wise in the wild card. Yeah, it's it's going to kind of tell us where we're headed, um, but. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, shout out again to Chris Carrier Johnson for Halo Hosting us, yep. Yep. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, Spreaker.com, uh, GroomGoon.com, GroomGoon.com. Uh, but no, iTunes, search All Angels Podcasts. Google Play, search All Angels Podcasts. YouTube, search All Angels Podcasts. Email. Email at AllAngelsPodcast at gmail.com. All Angels Podcast at gmail.com. Where can they find us on social media networks? Uh, Halo underscore Haven is both the Twitter and the Instagram. So at or um, Halo underscore Haven is, is, again, both the Instagram and the Twitter handle. Awesome. So that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. We'll catch you guys next Thursday from the same location, same time. Catch you guys next week. You all have a great rest of the week and go Halos. spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. 
Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.